Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Hey guys, and good morning and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. Today we are in Joshua chapter six. We've been discussing a brand new book of the Bible, Joshua, and we've been talking about the very beginning of the fall of Jericho and everything that God was like revealing to the Israelites, the miracles that God did for the Israelites. And now in the last chapter, we saw that Joshua was visited by a man with a sword who I personally believe is Jesus. And I made an argument for that. And that was the episode that I did on Monday. But now we're getting into the nitty gritty of the fall of Jericho, which is Joshua chapter six. And we're going to see everything that goes into the fall of Jericho. So today I'm going to be reading Joshua chapter six, verses one through 14. So grab the Bible in the version that you prefer to read out of it, though I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. and also your favorite morning beverage, whether it's coffee, tea, orange juice, an energy drink. I don't actually know how people can drink energy drinks. When I was a teenager, I did used to drink them because I thought it was really cool for some reason to like drink an energy drink. And so I always had an energy drink. Like, I think I I think I used to drink NOS. <laughs> but I never liked energy drinks. I would just drink it because I thought I was really cool if I had like a bottle of NOS with me. But anyway, I don't I don't know how people can drink energy drinks. For me, a cup of coffee is as much energy as I need through the day. Anything more than a cup or two is going to make me really jittery. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 14 today and discuss the beginning of the fall of Jericho. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. Yahweh said to Joshua, Behold, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the mighty men of valor. All of your men of war shall march around the city, going around the city once. You shall do this for six days. Seven priests shall bear the seven trumpets of the ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight in front of him. Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before Yahweh's Ark. They said to the people, Advance, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before Yahweh's Ark. It was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before Yahweh advanced and blew the trumpets, and the Ark of Yahweh's Covenant followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the ark went after them. The trumpets sounded as they went. Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So he caused Yahweh's ark to go around the city, circling it once. Then they came into the camp and stayed in the camp. Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up Yahweh's ark. The seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of Yahweh's ark, went on continually and blew the trumpets. The armed men went in front of them. The rear guard came after Yahweh's ark. 
the trumpets sounded as they went. The second day, they marched around the city once and returned into the camp. They did this for six days. Have you ever noticed in scripture, there's definitely something to the number seven? It seems like God often works in sevens. Like even here, how many times is the word seven mentioned? Okay, there's seven priests, there's seven trumpets, there's seven days, there's uh, seven times around the city on the seventh day. So, I mean, man, there's a lot of sevens here. And I, I don't know what that is. It's never explained in scripture, but God often works in sevens for some reason. And there's even seven days of the week. Like God worked for seven days and took a rest. I don't have an answer to that, but it is an interesting pattern that sevens are often used. So in verse one of Joshua six, it says, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went in, no one went out. So in other words, the people of Jericho were terrified. Rahab the harlot was not incorrect. When she told the two spies that came into the city that the city of Jericho was terrified of the Israelites, obviously she was right because the city of Jericho was totally shut off. They like literally barricaded themselves in. And this would not be a smart move for a city to do because they need food and stuff. They need stuff from outside to come in. Any city would need that. So you can see how terrified the city of Jericho really was of the Israelites that they even refused trade to come in and they like barricaded themselves. So it says that Yahweh said to Joshua, and I don't know if this was God speaking to Joshua, like God the Father, or if it was the man with the sword speaking to Joshua, because we noticed that in the last chapter that a man with a sword, who I believe was Jesus, came and visited Joshua and possibly told Joshua the plan. So I don't know if this was God the Father or God the Son speaking to Joshua here. Both God the Father and God the Son are Yahweh. We know that because Yahweh means the I am. And Jesus calls himself the I am in the New Testament. So this could be either God the Father or God the Son speaking to Joshua. So it says, Yahweh said to Joshua, Behold, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and with the mighty men of valor. All of your men of war shall march around the city, going around the city once, and you shall do this for six days. So my first thought when reading this, though I've heard this story from childhood, is why? Why did God not just give Joshua the city like right then and there? Why did it take seven days? Why'd they have to march around the city all those days? Like what was the point in all of this? I actually think that there were two points and probably many more that I'm not even recognizing, but two obvious points rather for this. I think the most obvious one was that Israel needed to be taught obedience. They needed to be taught to rely completely on God. This was like their very first battle in the promised land. So the Israelites recognizing that God was there with them would be very, very important moving forward for the Israelites, where they were going to have to go to war quite a lot. They were going to be in a lot of battles. So if God totally took care of their very first battle in the promised land, then this would help the Israelites moving forward into more intense battles and into battles where uh, they would have to do more fighting. So I think that the obvious answer was that this was showing the Israelite people that they needed to be 
totally reliant and trustworthy in God and that God was totally going to take care of them. Not to mention the obedience aspect. You know, the Israelites needed to be taught obedience and taught that God's way was the way that they were going to do stuff, even though they probably did not understand why they had to march around the city that many times. They were probably like, this is sort of a crazy plan. But it also shows, you know, God does not work the same way that we work. We believe that the only way to win a war is by taking up our arms and going into battle. But God is showing, no, when I give you something, I give it to you. So that was the first reason, was to teach the Israelites trust and obedience. But it was also to prepare Joshua, I think, as well. He would have to declare all of Yahweh's words to the Israelite people and be okay with what Yahweh commanded Joshua to say to the people. So this could have also been a test of faith for Joshua to see how he would respond to Yahweh's words. Because Joshua was like ready to go and fight. And we saw that Joshua was ready 40 years prior to this. And so now, you know, he's he's ready. He's finally in the promised land. He's about to do his first battle. And God basically says, like, Joshua, you're going to do it my way. Even though you're ready to go out and fight the way you think you should go fight, you're going to do it the way I tell you to do it. So it could have been also testing Joshua's patience and Joshua's faith as well. But I think the less obvious answer was actually for the city of Jericho itself. You can actually see a lot of times in scripture, whenever God destroys something, he kind of gives them like chance after chance to turn before he fully destroys something. There's always multiple chances for a person to turn their heart back to God. And so possibly this was also for the city of Jericho itself, that maybe seeing the Israelites marching around with like the Ark of the Covenant and the priests and the horns and all these armed men, maybe, just maybe that would cause some people in Jericho to turn their hearts back to God. Unfortunately, though, we find out this didn't end up happening because only Rahab and her family were saved at the end. But could it have possibly been that God used these six days to see if Anybody else's heart was changed for Yahweh? Possibly. God is very forgiving and very loving. And even when you see the story of Jonah and the whale, when he has to go to Nineveh to uh, tell the Ninevites that God was going to destroy them, and God did not actually end up destroying the Ninevites, he tells Jonah, because Jonah was super mad about it, because Jonah was actually like kind of racist against the Ninevites. He tells Jonah, he's like, look, there are so many people in that city, not to mention all the animals that I would have to destroy. So you can see that God gives chance after chance after chance for people to turn to him before he destroys them or before he ruins them in some way or humbles them in some way. God's mercy is so beyond anything that you and I can comprehend. I mean, God takes insults from people. He takes blasphemy from people. And he forgives time and time again. And he shows his mercy time and time again. As for me, like I am way, way less merciful than God is. I am so unmerciful. But that just shows how much bigger and better God is than me. Because God shows mercy time and time again. 
So these extra six days of the Israelites marching around the city could very well have been God prodding some of the people of Jericho to turn their hearts from their wicked ways and back to him. So now Yahweh tells Joshua how to format, I guess, this attack. All of the men of war shall march around the city, going around the city once, and you shall do this for six days. So as I discussed before, Jericho is actually not a very big city. It was relatively small. So it would have been very feasible for the Israelites to march around it once. Probably would not have taken that long. So they would have very easily been able to march around it once a day and then even seven times on the last day. But it says that the priests were supposed to go in front of the Ark of the Covenant with ram's horns and they would blow on the trumpets. But notice some of the uh, symbolism that's going on with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was where God's presence laid. So God's presence was marching around that city with the Israelite people. The Holy Spirit was like there in the middle of all of them because you can see that there are armed men in the front, then the priests with the ram's horns, then the Ark of the Covenant, and then the rest of the fighting men in the back of that. So yeah, God's presence was right there in the middle of everything circling that city. So there's some symbolism in that for sure. Now, why the Israelites had to remain silent during all this, I'm not really sure if I'm being honest. I, I truly don't understand the silence until the seventh day when they were supposed to shout really loud. I don't understand that. But if you think you have an idea of what that means, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me and my information is in the description of this episode. So anyway, they had to march around the city with the Ark of the Covenant six times for six days. But can you imagine what the people in Jericho were thinking when this was happening? On the first day, they were probably thinking, oh, the Israelites are like scouting us out, trying to see like a weak spot in our walls. And I mean, Jericho was a very fortified city. This would be a very hard city to conquer. Even though it was a smaller city, it was considered to be the first walled city that we know of ever, like in history. So Jericho is a very fortified and secure city city, or at least they thought they were. So when the Israelites began marching around with the Ark of the Covenant, they're probably like, oh man, they're trying to see like a weak spot in our walls and see how they can get in. And then when the Israelites just left, they were probably like, oh man, we're safe. We're safe for now. And then they keep doing it like day after day. At the end of it, I can imagine they were either terrified or becoming arrogant Maybe both. <laughs> they were probably like, oh, the Israelites can't figure out how to get in. Like, we're safe here for a while. They're not going to be able to get in. On the end of the sixth day, they were probably feeling a little bit proud of themselves that there was no weak spots in their walls. And maybe they were thinking, we're safe now. So possibly this arrogance of Jericho was beginning to bubble up. But this would also give Rahab a little bit of time to get her family completely situated in her home. So, I mean, there's so many reasons and probably so many more that I don't even understand or know about why God had it set up this way for Jericho to fall in this way, to expose the possible arrogance of Jericho, to teach the Israelites humility and patience and trust and obedience 
to give Rahab some time to situate herself and her family in, in her house. And lastly, to possibly show Jericho that God is supreme and that they needed to turn from their wickedness and come back to God. But anyway, long story short, the Israelites obey God. They do this every single day for six days. They go back to the camp. And we're going to talk about the seventh day on Friday. So tune in then, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. But friends and faith listeners, if you love the podcast, consider grabbing yourself a t-shirt. I have just a few Lion of Judah tees in stock still. So those are still available. So you can get one of those or you can go and grab one of the Bible Explained podcast t-shirts, which are also available. Friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. Happy listening and God bless.